Well, good evening to you once again. You'll notice we'll be receiving a booklet. We're going to work through part of this booklet this evening and then part of it next Sunday evening, good Lord willing. This booklet is entitled, Believe the Bible, an Affirmation of God. There are three in this series. This series of lessons that we'll be noticing in the next several Sunday nights is a companion to these that we have already gone through this year, Back to the Bible. These are called Back to the Bible, where we get in there and explore uh, the scriptures and God's teaching about salvation and the church. These are also three in number, and these booklets are designed to get us to the Bible. And I see these having two big purposes for us. There are people out there that we can talk to who may have doubts about God, doubts about the Bible, and doubts about our Lord Jesus. And these booklets will help us to help them get to a point of faith in their lives where then they can come and actually explore the scriptures about salvation. Speaking of these back to the Bible uh, booklets, when we went through them uh, a few months ago, we uh, had a PowerPoint uh, that we're able to use with them. Uh, these have uh, Brother Rob uh, Whitaker, who, who wrote these new series of booklets, uh, he is developing a PowerPoint to go with the affirmation of God and uh, believing the Bible, but he has not uh, been able to finish that yet. But we do have Rob's PowerPoint that goes with these Back to the Bible booklets. And it could be that you might be able to use that PowerPoint in your teaching of someone. And so if you would like to use that PowerPoint, you can see uh, Chris James or Brent James, and they'll help you uh, to get it so that you can use it uh, with somebody uh, over the computer want to uh, remind us that we have uh, several copies of these Back to the Bible booklets. And they're very uh, simple to use. And um, you can find several of these back in our little classroom here off the foyer. And um, we have more than what's in that classroom. And so please, if you need these booklets, uh, uh, please uh, make use of them. But this evening we'll get started with this one called Affirmation of God. And uh, as I said, it is designed for us to uh, help someone get to the Bible, um, have an initial belief in God, but that also can confirm our faith in God as well. Before we get to our booklet, let me mention once again on the uh, our little outreach room here that doubles as a classroom for us. We had several guests at our vacation Bible school a couple weeks ago. Several of the addresses that were left during BBS are in the outreach room, along with uh, cards that can be sent uh, to them. If you have an opportunity, please take advantage. Uh, being able to send a card to someone who has um, shown an interest in coming uh, to a class here over the last few weeks. When someone makes an extra effort to come 
to a congregation where they've never been before, that shows that they have something in their soul uh, that they're looking and they're searching. And so help us with that. Help, help the Lord's work. And you, you never know. In fact, it's amazing what one card of encouragement can do for someone who is searching for the Lord. So please look for those uh, and other materials in that classroom just off the foyer. If you'll notice on page 2 of our booklet, under the introduction, Rob says, Belief in a higher being should be the product of, product of sound reasoning. We would ask for you to have an open mind, apply your reasoning, skills, and abilities to some very simple questions, and draw some logical uh, conclusions. And so what we'd like to do is just kind of to look at this as a tool that can help us to help someone, up, someone else come uh, to faith. Think about, um, imagine, your, imagine yourself sitting down with someone with this booklet in hand and think about how you would handle yourself as you begin to read through this booklet uh, with someone else. All right. So let's get started with our questions here. Who and what was in the beginning? Who and what was in the beginning? And please feel free to answer these questions. And we will add just a little bit uh, to these as we move along. Um, but who and what um, was in the beginning? Question number one. Do you believe the material world had a beginning? Who says yes? All right. Yes. Do you believe that the material world created itself from nothing? Okay, no. No. Do you believe it is possible that there was an energy in the beginning that cannot be created or destroyed that could have been responsible for creating the world? Okay, so if you believe in God, you would say yes uh, to that. But if you're speaking with someone who has a lot of doubts, then you just kind of let them answer on their own and you want to help move them toward uh, faith. And then this question, would you be open to the possibility that this energy could be called uh, God? Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You know this, but just as a review. Remember, there's only really three possibilities when it comes to this created world, the universe. The first possibility is, well, the universe is eternal. Eternal. But we know that's not the case. The universe is not eternal. Even scientists, even atheistic scientists, will say that matter is not eternal. There's nothing about their studies that shows that uh, the earth has been here uh, forever. Okay. So the second possibility is, well... Uh, the universe created itself. So did the universe create itself? First, is the universe eternal? No. Well, maybe the universe created itself. And again, that's against very sound and scientific uh, reasoning. There's nothing about matter that says it creates itself. You can't observe matter creating itself. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. It doesn't spontaneously uh, generate itself. And so 
the second possibility uh, cannot be. And so the third possibility is only a true possibility, and that is someone, something, someone, outside of the universe, higher, more intelligent, more powerful than the universe, uh, created uh, the universe. And so those are really the only three uh, possibilities. We want to look at a few other uh, scriptures uh, before we move on uh, concerning how God created the world. This is, these are scriptures. You might want to use these uh, as you're going through this book. Or it might be that you decide, well, I don't want to use just a lot of scripture to begin with. But nonetheless, here are... Uh, a few of these. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day, uh, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and he hallowed uh, it. Right. Also consider uh, Psalm number 33 and uh, verse uh, 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them uh, by the breath of his mouth. Again, Psalm 33, verse 9. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and the world stood uh, fast. And you could add to that Psalm 8, 3, and 4 where it says that the sun, moon, and stars were ordained of God and the universe is the work of his uh, fingers. And then notice also uh, Psalm, I should say, Isaiah 42, verse 5. Isaiah 42, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, the God uh, of Israel, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and that which comes out of it, He that gives breath unto the people uh, upon it, and the Spirit to them that walk therein. It's just kind of a way of Isaiah introducing them uh, some words that he's about to speak. But notice how he introduces the, the words he's about to speak. The Lord that made the earth, that spread it out, he gave the breath and the life to people who are upon the earth. Again, notice Psalm, uh, why I say Psalm? Isaiah 45, 18. For thus says uh, the Lord that created the heavens, uh, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he has established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, there is none else. That is a side discussion you could take with someone right there. The earth was formed to be inhabited. There's no other place in the universe that can, um, that can involve life other than earth. All the situations between the planets, how they line up, their situation and distance from the sun, and you could explore this uh, further but the earth was made to be inhabited by mankind, and God designed it uh, in that way. And then uh, John 1, 3 talks about Jesus. The Word was in the beginning, the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made uh, that has uh, been made. Again, uh, Acts chapter 14, 15, uh, Paul and uh, Barnabas there. Uh, in the area of Leicester and Derby. People were given to idolatry there. And so, um, sirs, why do, you, uh, why do you do these things? We also are men of like passions with you. And we preach unto you 
that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all things uh, that are therein. And also, you might look at Hebrews uh, chapter 1 and verse 10. Thou, Lord, uh, in the beginning you have laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens and the works are your hands. Okay. And you can add such passages as Hebrews 1 and verse 2. It makes the same sort of affirmation. And then also you can add Colossians 1, 16 and 17. We just will not take time to go through all uh, the verses. Look here in Hebrews 11, verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed uh, by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which uh, do appear. And then notice this from Revelation 4 and verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things, and uh, for thy pleasure they are and were uh, created. Just to give an idea of how much the Bible says about the Lord God being the creator of the earth, the universe, and all things uh, therein. And you can use these verses as you're trying to bring someone uh, to understand God and to believe uh, in him. All right. So let's go back now to our booklet and look at page uh, 3 through 5. A builder requires, a building requires a builder. A building requires a builder. Question, does every house have a builder? Yes. Isn't it possible for a house to build itself? No. Wouldn't it be equally absurd to suggest an infant could build a house. But why? But why? Okay. Alright, so that would be obvious, but it would be a good little discussion point for you to have with someone. Uh, can a house appear from nothing? No. Is it possible that a house has always existed? That is, is eternal? No, we don't think of a house in that way. Must the builder of the house of the house be greater in ability and power than the house? Yes, it's obvious. If a house requires a builder, is it possible that the universe would require a builder as well? Not only is that possible, but notice Hebrews 3 and verse 4, for every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. Let's continue on page 4. Same basic idea. Every effect must have a sufficient cause, an adequate cause. Is the existence of the universe greater than the existence of a house? Yes, we're much more impressed. A lot of impressive houses, but the universe itself is, is much more impressive. Second question, do you believe that it would be impossible for the universe to create itself? Yes. Wouldn't it be impossible for the universe to have come from nothing? Okay. Yes. Wouldn't it be equally impossible for a man to have created the universe? Yes. Must the builder of the universe come from outside the universe itself? Yes. 
Must the builder of the universe be greater in ability and power than the universe? Absolutely, yes. Must the builder of the universe be older than the universe? Yes. And this is just simple reasoning from what we know about houses and buildings to reasoning with God in the universe. Does the fact that we apply a date to the universe imply that it had a beginning and therefore has not always existed? Yes. Yes. Even scientists seek to try to apply a date to how long the earth has been here, but in so doing, they are implying that it had a beginning. Top of page uh, 5. If it is not possible for material things, that is matter, to be eternal, is it possible for a non-material power like mind or spirit to be eternal? We know that material things are not eternal, but is it possible for a mind or spirit uh, to be eternal? Uh, Speaking of that, think about a couple of verses. John 4, 24. God is what? Spirit. And they that worship Him, finish that verse. Alright. Must worship Him in spirit and in truth. But God is spirit. We know from Luke 24 and 39 that a spirit does not have flesh and bones. We know that we are temporary. The earthly house of this tabernacle will dissolve, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 1. This body, flesh and bones, is temporary. It will dissolve. But God is spirit. God is eternal. Can you find a verse that says God is eternal? Okay, Houston mentions Revelation 1, speaking of Jesus. Okay, go ahead. Okay, speaking of the Lord, Revelation 1, verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. God, that certainly affirms God is eternal. Also, uh, write down, I think it's Romans 16, somewhere between verses 26. 5, 26, 27 speaks about the eternal uh, God. It's important to understand that only one sort of being can be eternal. It has to be a spirit. God is a spirit. That sets him up to be the creator of the universe. And then this question on page 5, if we call that power God, is it possible that God could be eternal and also the builder of Uh, the universe. Go back to the idea that only three possibilities. The universe is either eternal or self-created or created by someone higher, more intelligent than us, more powerful than us. Also remember uh, what sometimes... um, you might hear the law of biogenesis. Okay. In other words, life, uh, only life can create life. 
Life cannot come from material objects. That's easy for us to observe. We, we've never known that. And so for material objects to, to be here, and for life to be here especially, then there must have been a life behind um, the creation of the world and of life. All right. Psalm 19, verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. So pages 3 through 5 basically affirm something that you have known, and you have lived out in your life, that every effect must have an adequate and sufficient cause. The effect of something, the effect itself, can never be greater or superior to the cause. The cause will always be greater and superior more intelligent, okay, older than the effect. And this is what this book is trying to bring across uh, to us uh, in these questions. So if you think about it, what we're doing this evening is three things. First, who was in the beginning? What are the possibilities there? And then secondly, every effect must have a sufficient cause. And then the third thing we want to do do together is to think about design and designer. If an object shows purpose, if it shows a goal, if it shows design, then we know it must have a designer. And that's what these next set of questions is going to be all about. If you're speaking with someone, you can use a lot of simple objects. The one that always comes to my mind is just a pair of pliers. And two handles and a bolt, basically. But we know even with that simple design, even with just a pair of pliers, we know that pair of pliers didn't just uh, come out of nowhere. It didn't create itself. We know somebody higher and more intelligent than that pair of pliers uh, put those uh, together for our use. And so we can reason from that lesser thing to the greater thing, which is uh, the universe. Let's read over um, page 6 here uh, together. Every design must have a designer. Wouldn't it be impossible for a camera to build itself? Can a camera appear from nothing? No. Does the existence of a camera demand that it came from something? Wouldn't the creation of a camera require someone superior and exterior as the creator? Yes. Does the camera demonstrate complex design? It does. Wouldn't it be absurd to believe a camera could be created by an explosion in a parts factory? Would be absurd. Foolish to believe that. Is the human eye greater than the camera? Isn't it amazing to think about the human eye? You can do this with just about any part of your body. But you can move your eyeball from right to left. You can blink. You have just natural 
thing set up with your eye to keep keep dust out of it. But even when you get something in your eye, you can get that out. You can go to sleep and keep your eyes shut. Your eyes can adjust to both bright light and darkness. It's absolutely amazing to think about the human eye. And I am no scientist whatsoever, but just, just simple observance can show that the eye is of great, greater complexity than a camera and a greater complexity than a lot of things. If a camera requires a superior and exterior creator, would the human eye also require a superior and exterior creator? Yes. Let's think about a couple ideals and expand on this design designer. Think about the human body for just a moment in addition to the eyeball. Think about the fact that there are many systems going on at your body, going on in your body at the same time. They say we have something like 60 trillion cells in our body. And each cell is like a factory on its own. And yet they all work together in harmony every day, every second of the day. They say that we have uh, something like 206 bones in our body. And those bones serve to protect vital organs. They're able to um, be used as attachments for our muscles. They're able to move in different ways so we can lift things and move things out of our way, like a lever. Bones also uh, provide uh, different nutrients and chemicals uh, that is for the welfare of the rest of our body. The rest of our body. It's amazing. Just think about the bones in our body. Does someone think that that just kind of happened out of nowhere? Reminds me of the playground where I went to school as a youngster, elementary school, we had out in our playground, the best thing ever, it's called the jungle gym. And it's just metal bars built in such a way where you can climb it and finally get to the top. It was flat on the top. And then you could slide down this pole. It was great. It was great. But I think about all those metal bars put together in such a way that you can climb and hang upon them and jump and just have all sorts of good time. And, but not one time did we ever think as children that, that those bars just kind of spontaneously arose out of nowhere. We know, we very well know, that somebody put, those, um, put that jungle gym there. And so our, our system, our body, our, our collection of bones just amazing detail. And of course, God is uh, the creator. Think about the human body. And they say there's something like 100,000 miles of pipeline in our body, consisting mainly of arteries and veins. Isn't that amazing to think about? All working together. We, we don't have to think about it. It's all working. 100,000 miles of pipeline. Think about the pipeline that would be underneath a major city. 
would anyone ever think that that just sort of um, uh, created itself? Those pipelines under a major city just created itself. That, that they've always been there? Just always been there? No, someone had to take the effort and put the money into it and build and rebuild and maintain uh, for that city to have such a complex uh, pipeline underneath the city. And so we can see easily that this design in our human bodies, this design in the eye, this design in the universe calls for a designer. And it goes like this. There's an abundant evidence of design in the universe and in human beings. That definitely implies intelligence and power. But where there's intelligence and ability, there's personality. Who is that personality? Who is that personality that is responsible for everything that we see and everything that we are. If it's not God, we don't know who it would be. Notice a few scriptures, again, along this line. Acts 14, 17. Nevertheless, God did not leave himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. By giving us these things, He shows us that He is real. Also, Romans 1, verse 20, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. Everybody ought to be able to look upon the design that we see and realize there is... There is God, there is this mind, this energy, this intelligence, this power that brought the world and all of us into existence. And then Job 38, 33, Knowest thou that the ordinances of heaven, can, 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 canest thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? This is God, one of God's questions for Job as he's trying to confirm Job's uh, faith. Notice what he asks. Knowest thou, Job, the ordinances of heaven? What do you think of when you think of an ordinance? Yeah. Rules, laws, proclamations. God set certain laws in the heavens, in the sky, in the universe, and things operate because he set those there. That's evidence of his design. Jeremiah 31, 35 Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, who divides the sea when the waves thereof roar, the Lord of hosts uh, is his name. Think about all the the design that is implied uh, in those uh, verses. And so that's as far as we'll go. Notice... uh, the review questions, the summary questions here on page 7. Does a design require a designer? Yes. Does the universe demonstrate characteristics of design? Does the human body demonstrate characteristics of design? Yes. Therefore, would it be reasonable to conclude the universe must have a designer? And notice this. 
concerning the human body. Psalm 139 verse 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. And so we'll continue uh, in the next section of this booklet, Good Lord Willing, next Sunday evening. Right now, let's stop and think about our faith. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to be well-pleasing unto God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek after him. And we've been studying that idea there, that God is. That's where it begins, that God is. And these reasonings from Scripture help us to see that God is who He claims to be. Think about faith. Faith is not a leap in the dark. Faith is not something that is directed by our emotions. Uh, Rather, faith is something that is reasonable. Isaiah 1 verse 18. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as what? Snow. Though they be red like crimson, they can become wool, like wool. But it takes reasoning. It takes both revelation from God in the Scriptures And the simple common sense reasoning of an open mind. When Paul came to Thessalonica, according to Acts 17, 3 and 4, he went into the Sabbath day, three, went into the synagogue, I should say, three Sabbath days in a row, reasoning from the scriptures. And that's what we're seeking to do. What about this faith in God? Well, there are three main ideas about faith in God. First is knowledge about Him. Knowledge and evidence, and we've been examining that uh, this evening. But that is to build trust in Him, and then that is to lead to submission, obedience uh, to Him. And So I, I firmly believe that if we take these tools that we have, not just these booklets, but these, these are good booklets. We have a number of tools uh, available here. If we take these tools along with the scriptures, then we can believe that God is. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It may be that you find yourself off the path. The path of righteousness. The path of righteousness that the, that the gospel provides. We would love to help you. The only reason we say that we, we might be able to help is because we're willing to open up the scriptures and see what the Lord has to say. Before Jesus left the earth, he said, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. It begins with belief. And then we learn that we've got to turn from our sins, confess our faith in Him, be immersed in water for the remission of sins. It's all here in Scripture. So if, if, if you find yourself this evening, whether you're here with us or whether you're listening online, if you find yourself here and you find yourself off the path, not right with God, then we would love to study with you, perhaps show you the way of forgiveness in Christ. Can we help you in any way?
Please make that known right now as we stand together and as we sing.